0: This episode of ArcaSpeak is supported by NCARB. You have the power to influence the future of how architects are educated, trained, and licensed. Take the analysis of practice survey today. Cormac, a problem we need to discuss.
1: Uh oh. What did I do now?
0: You, you posted a picture on Instagram. Oh, yes. You've got a problem. And this isn't time for an intervention. <laughs> it's not that many. <laughs> how how many does one
1: need? Uh I gotta catch them all. All, all of them. <laughs> Every time I go into so I'll say that. Let let's say that. Okay. Let's drag this out a little more. Yeah. I had I had more. And uh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're feeling good about this quantity? The the, the one that yeah. So so let's, let's let's let everybody know what I'm talking about. And for those who you know who listen to this show who don't follow my Instagram, I posted a picture of a very small smattering of my lamy fountain pens, and it was just <laughs> a small
0: smat. These are the ones you know where they are. All, well, all the these other were the ones w- are in various locations and
1: or lost. Well, they're just in various locations. Uh, undisclosed to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and so I posted a picture of just a mere six lamy pens that I have. Just just the ones that you know the whereabouts of? Just the ones that I know the whereabouts of, and which is kind of funny because like I... How many do you think you have? Um, if I said between 50 and 20, that would probably be about right. <laughs> Jesus. I... <laughs> And to be quite honest with you the there's only one if if I had that one left that one pen I probably wouldn't have bought all the other ones to try to fill that void.
0: Oh. So you're comfort buying pens. I, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I had one Lamy pen. What a Lamy pen is like a midnight snack for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a a fine nib so it was one of those ones that I used all the time to draw and everything else. And it was it was a special edition and it was orange. It was made one year. Sounds like the perfect combo. Came in, left, went away, you know, and I used the appropriate blue-black ink. And so there is no other ink. And if anybody else uses colored ink or black ink or blue ink. I see, ink, some, I see some
0: people have used like green, like this weird green ink. It's like an emerald green. I'm going to pull pull my ink out right now so I can read you the label.
1: So the only one that I have right now that is not blue black is I have a red pen, and I have red ink in it because I use that red ink to red line things.
0: I have uh, I just have straight up black. Sorry, disappointment.
1: Noodler's ink though it's it it is it's, Noodler's ink. Now Noodler's ink is good ink. It is good ink, but you know I mean you could have like shushed it up a little bit with the blue black.
0: I, I'm not going to buy another bottle of ink until this one's gone. And at that point, I will buy blue-black. How how many bottles of ink do you have? Or do you buy the refillable cartridges? I mean, I, I, non-refillable. I the disposable cartridge, which is
1: highly unsustainable. So, I have... Of the six pens that I have, I have three of them with refillable cartridges. And then the other ones, I don't actually have. I have just the, the disposable ones, but I had a lot that not just pur- stuff that I've purchased, but people are like, hey, somebody gave me this thinking that I had this uh, kind of pen and I know you carry it. So here, do you want it? And so I've actually had a handful of those. So you are the dump site for other people's Lammy
0: p- parts and and pieces and refills. So, I mean, that's not a bad place to be. I mean, yeah, no,
1: yeah. No. And I'll say that, you know, I, of of the six that I showed a picture of, Three of those I purchased, the other three-hour gift I was given. Truly are, truly are the dump site for Lamy pens. Don't be judging me
0: on, you know,
1: <laughs> Wait, uh, okay, so,
0: so you said that there is a Lamy
1: store in Germany, and you have been to this Mecca. So flying back and forth to the Middle East on my current project, I fly through Frankfurt. And in the Frankfurt airport, there is a Lamy store, And you go into that Lammy store and they have, and you, I drop to my knees and weep at how much money I could could lose just by spending, you know, like tons. However, the awesome thing, they're actually cheaper than they are in the States. And these are not expensive pens.
0: Like let's let's just throw this out there. It's not like you're collecting Rolex watches here. What what are these things? What what give us a typical breakdown? Because I, I, I do have one Lammy pen, which is all one person actually needs. And uh I bought it maybe ten years ago. I don't know, it's been a
1: long time. So I don't even remember. It was probably twenty two dollars or something. So of all of yeah, so of all of the pens that I showed, they were all safaris. There are other styles of mammies you shut your mouth <laughs> but safari <laughs> is <the laughs> but safari is really the only one there can be only one and it is safari and and so i i think that they probably range between like like you said the 22 to make maybe 35 40 dollars if you get like a this is the best you know, best deal
0: of german precision that you can get your hands on
1: right exactly i mean i can't afford an audi so (laughs) i I have a (laughs) lamby
0: yeah four letters two syllables yeah yeah german brand uh audi no (laughs) (laughs) l-a-m-y for those of you listening and are looking it up on on your favorite online store right now yes and and as a lefty and using a fountain pen, this has to be a particularly kind of, I mean, obviously you have, you have feelings and, and thoughts about this, but, and I've seen the way that you write. I know, I know, and and you have particular notebooks that you use because it's a wet ink and all this stuff. You have, a, you have like a full on dedicated system to this.
1: I, a, there is a method to my madness. Because I don't have to as, deal with any of that. <laughs> yes. Cause you know, you live in the right-handed world, whereas I don't. So. And spiral binding, of course, as we all know, is the fifth level of hell, <laughs> um, especially if it's the side binding. But because I, as he said, as you just said, I write odd. I don't, I am not a traditional left-handed person who does this little like hook over and kind of like writes from the top down kind of thing. Cause that's just weird. My hand does not move and I just draw and I just write. Your hand doesn't move, and your fingers just stretch. My fingers just stretch. You just go over the ju- course of my That's just crazy man five inch wide reporter's notebook that has the binding on top because I don't use anything else. It, it, whatever works for you, man. It's it's all about me, man. All yeah. about me. That's awesome. <laughs> so yes, my name is Cormac Phelan. And I have a problem, <laughs> the first step is admitting that you have a problem right. with Evan, who thinks I have a problem?
0: <laughs> I see you rolling your eyes right now? I mean not literally, but not that I can, not that I can see you, but oh no, I did, yeah, I'm sure you did so i i uh, other architectural news. I went to an old project that I designed, stopped by, took my wife by to see it. She's like, "Yeah, you've taken me here before." <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, oh, I got to show you this. Yeah, 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 I've seen it. Yeah, I've been there, done that. She, uh, we, we didn't go out of our way to find this thing. It was just there, and uh so it's this aquatics building for a, a high school in Riverside, California. And it was funny because I was just telling my my buddies a story about this the other night at happy hour. <laughs> I was like railing against the the PM, and and I think this is maybe the meat of the topic for this show, which is, hey. Why are the lights that are supposed to be uh you know in the ceiling of the roof surface mounted? Mm. Mm. Oh, well, uh we changed the direction of the structure. You what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fine. They asked if we could do that, the structural asked if we could do that. I said sure, do it. And 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 I I my point is, I didn't find out until it was done. And I see these gross lights on the underside of my structure (laughs) underside of this floating roof with like plastic lens i mean i i know i sound like a i sound like an architect right now and it doesn't ruin the project but it kind of ruins it for me right and and that was the thing it was just like this lack of communication and and this senior p.m who just wanted to handle it all and didn't want to communicate and didn't want to be part of a team and just wanted to be kind of this lone ranger dude and and that's that's what it brought me back to because I, I i brought my wife to go see the project and i did not point out the lights to her but i happened to be in the area right after i had talked about this project have you seen this kind of behavior on in project teams in studios in offices before this this that i'm
1: describing oh uh, the you, you, you actually just like peeled off like several <laughs> that I've tried to keep on and hidden.
0: It's time to change the dressings. You know, you got to do that every once in a while.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how. I mean, there, there's been times where I've taken over projects, especially like, you know, I, there was a few that I you know, hey, you're the new guy. This guy just left. You know, he was the project designer, and project manager, and he was doing the CA. And you know, it's now yours, and and you're gonna play cleanup. And there's times where you're just like looking and just like, why did we do this? You know, you kind of mutter under your breath. They're like, hey, architect, new guy, um, why did your firm do this? Or you know, it automatically becomes yours. It's like, well, why did you do this? And you're like, um, you look over your shoulder, like I I, I just got here. <laughs> Do you, were you not part of that discussion? New guy. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, there's, there's the times when, you know, there's the disconnect between the, you know, like say the project designer, project manager, and the CA person where when you do make those changes, because the, you know, like the, say the project uh, manager from the construction side of things or something, he's. They're like, you know, hey, this was miscoordinated, or we had to run this this way instead of that. Is it okay if we like in your your case, there was this one project that we had that I inherited, and they had all of these flush mounted or, or just you know like recessed lighting in a composite aluminum panels. And then you go out there and you see that right. everything is the, surfaced. This is exactly what happened. And that they're ask and then they're asking you. How do you want to trim out the sides of these? Because they're still using the same recessed light fixture. That now looks ugly because it's incorrectly installed. Yeah. Because now it's surface mounted. We bought those a year ago. We still want to use them. Yeah. (laughs) And so you, and then you just like, are like, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with what you just did. Yeah. It's,
0: it's crazy, right? Like this and and it's it is interesting to kind of think through how it gets to that point and and what the the skills of said individuals are missing that need to be developed or that I would hope could be developed but i don't know man and and so i think this gets to kind of this idea of certain individuals who work for architecture firms who do ca and who are dealing with submittal requests and rfis and change orders and all these things get to a point where they're trying to avoid a lot of that stuff at all costs. It costs time. It costs money. But they go about it in a way that they're trying to be the contractor's friend in that situation. And they are so agreeable to the contractor to be cool with the contractor and to I don't know. It's kind of a fake relationship at that point, but it's like they even get to the point where, and this doesn't happen all the time, but they're actually throwing the people on their own team at their own company under the bus to look good in that situation, and that is inexcusable to me.
1: It, you know, and the thing about it is, is that you you look at you know like some of the resolutions, and it's because they want to avoid conflict or they want to just keep you know the liability down to a minimum. When it comes to the relationship between the client and the you know contractor and the architect and and you look at things like that and you're like, "Well, but what we're really doing is we're doing a disservice to the actual client because when they well, let's just say these surface mounted lights were something that they may have said, you know, hey, we really want these recessed lights." they were paying for that and design that was they were paying yeah, for that design right. they've paid for they that have to for it yeah <laughs> now there have been some times where you know, a solution has had to be probably not a very favorable one. But if you but you work are, through that together,
0: I mean, I guess that's where we're
1: but, you, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, you so you work through it together, but, you know, this is the time and where I would. Sorry, I know that this isn't where we're going, but I mean, this is the time it was like, well, you know, if you're not able to give me this design, then you need to give us the cost back for you not being able mm-hmm. to do that design. Mm-hmm that's a different topic altogether
0: well th- and there are a lot of ways that this could go there is that there is also i can't get the information i need when i need it because somebody else is busy so i'm just going to make a decision like this happens all the time right no oh, yes definitely. but it seems to me like yeah there there are multiple people in this equation who care about the outcome who were not talked to not not even an email, not even a text message, not even a phone call. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've gone back to several people with, which is, you've got my phone number, right? And if you call me, I pick it up. Like, let's just have a short conversation. There, There is never an excuse that there's not enough time to even talk about this. And that, to me, is the biggest missed opportunity, which leads to you know <laughs> expectations or disappointments in the making, right? Uh, I expected the design and the outcome to be one way, and when I finally got out to the site, nobody warned me about this ahead of time at all, not in any way. I get to see it with my own eyes. It's way too late. Mm. Let's take a quick break to share more about our sponsors. NCARB's Analysis of Practice Study is your opportunity to shape the future of architecture. Participate in this industry-wide survey to share your experiences and insights from working in architecture, engineering, or construction. Your feedback will help guide changes to what being a licensed architect looks like and impact how architects collaborate with other professionals in the future. Whether you're an architect or you work with architects, NCARB wants to hear from you. Make sure your voice is heard. Contribute to the analysis or practice study today. Sign up at NCARB.org slash A-O-P.
1: And now let's get back to our conversation. So two of the project architects, myself, and another, another person on our team, we were out on the project site, and she had worked really hard to do a lot of coordination of a lot of different wood finishes and things like that to make sure that we went back and forth to get the right mock-ups, the right, you know, graining, everything. And and this was a big deal. This is because this is like, you know, the big feature element of, of this project. And it's huge, too. It's not like, you know, a small, like just a little bit of trim. These are these big, massive acoustic wood paneling that are, I don't know, probably, let's just say about 30 feet high that then wrap into the ceiling that then is about 50 feet wide. And it's this whole area that's probably about 200 feet long. And so it's a pretty massive space that have all of these. And the one thing that we coordinated a lot with was the, the microperf acoustic panels, because those, because of the performance that we were trying to achieve there, they, they weren't they couldn't do them in a, like a wood veneer. So they had to be a laminate. And so before we even approved the laminate, we got the laminate samples, big laminate samples and said, all right, try to find the, the wood that will match all of this. Did, you know, countless different things and all this other stuff. And we, you know, got it matched, approved all the different mockups. They went ahead and fabricated in Switzerland, the microperf, you know, uh, panelings, the, the acoustic panelings, installed all of that. And then once that was installed, they then started fabricating the the wood. So, and all the wood was actually what was, you know, like transition from the ceiling and then came down along the wall and basically came all the way to the floor, you know, in a double and a half height space and all this other stuff. So it was really, really visible. Let's so come around in the corner. Sure enough, I didn't actually, she rounded the corner first. And all I could hear was what the <laughs> And I'm pretty sure everybody can fill in the rest of them. <laughs> as loud as you could possibly imagine. And it echoed throughout this over hundred thousand square foot building. And everyone stopped and was just like, What? So we round the corner, we see the the mismatched wood. She she yells as loud as she can. And then everybody stops. And then, and so while we're there, you know, basically the, the poor guy that, you know, was supposed to be in charge of all of this, who unfortunately was in a hospital while all of this stuff was going on and somebody else ran it. And instead of, you know, when they realized that it was the wrong color, made the command decision to go ahead and keep making the rest of the wood panels and install them. And the guy, you know, the guy came out, the the owner of the company came out. He was looking, he was just like incredibly embarrassed at what happened. And, you know, there's, there's, there's no going back because now you're literally telling somebody, you know, one, a small business, you know, Hey, you just did a well over a $700,000 screw up. And then ultimately at the end of the day, it's going to cost you to just replace it. $1.4 million. Right. (laughs) And everything else, and so, so then, how do you like reverse that? Because not not only do you have, so what color like, did okay, you paint yes. it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't paint it, but graciously every time one of the user groups came through, they were they were so enamored with what they saw on the wall that they never looked up to see, <laughs> to see how it, <laughs> it did how it did not match with everything else. And so what did Cormac do during the the document, the drawing or the, sorry, the photographs, I'll, I'll get to what I was doing in a second. So did I take it into Photoshop a little bit and do a little color correction? <laughs> so that it, it could be possible. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think I might've done that because, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so bad. Like put up a piece of like wall. All woods are the same. I don't know what you're talking about. Give me that
0: naughty pine. <laughs> yeah i called walnut out i (laughs) that's t and g pine that's good stuff
1: yeah it's just like you could have. i mean you could have just put t111 up there (laughs) uh (laughs) it's just like oh my god yeah yeah that's good and 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 so that's that's one of those ones that I've made a pact with myself that it's going to be a very long time before I go back and visit it cuz I, I don't want to be reminded of that pretty big massive, you know, mess up. T111 is like the white bread of it's not even white
0: bread. <laughs> it's, it's like the <laughs> the black, Ritz cracker. Like the, what is it? What what do you mean? These uh, are sandwiches. <laughs> it's
1: the gen, it's the generic saltine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, and if it if it does make you feel any better, my my story does have a a happy ending too, which is I I don't even I can't even say that with a straight face. They if have erected like an eight foot tall iron fence that tees into the building. So you can't actually really see the building behind the fence. (laughs) It's like when I went there the other day, I was like, Where'd this fence come from? Oh my goodness. It's it's enormous and jail like on a high school campus.
1: We always say like the the savior of bad architecture is good landscape. Yeah, it can be, right? And 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 what do we do? Yeah. The budgets get so slim that
0: you put five gallon trees in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think you need to have a little asterisk that that at the bottom of the page in very small print it says in 20 years. In 20 exactly. <laughs> you know. That's truth and the truth hurts. I I went to this I designed a whole campus, K K through 6 campus and Got to the, you know, I'd visited the site several times through construction and it was, it was just turning out wonderfully. And until the day that I I went when they were putting on the metal siding and most of these buildings were actually covered in metal siding. There was a little bit of exterior plaster here and there, but mostly like they actually wanted these higher end finishes. Why? Because maintenance, durability and maintenance. And the, the metal panels that we chose, this is a very rural Kind of agriculture ag- it was an agricultural area so there was this heavy corrugation to to the building sides and there was this kind of barn red color that we were using in various places there was probably four or five different finishes that we had chosen as far as paint colors go and they had some had like a metallic flake in them and some were kind of a just a semi-gloss and whatever well Instead of barn red, it was like copper. There's these giant, hmm. and, and it was on, man. Like, it was not coming off. There was no way that they were going to be like, whoa, we could change that if you really want us to, but that's going to be it. Really set us back on the schedule. You know, you get that whole guilt trip over, yeah, we, we snuck that by you, and now we're going to use this excuse to make sure that it stays there because we got it at a discount. <laughs> that's what happened. Like the metal company couldn't sell this stuff as fast as they wanted to. They made the contractor a deal. The contractor swapped it out and just put it up as fast as possible because then all the flashing goes on top of that. And then the roofing goes on top of that. And now look at what it would take to swap that out and get it to the the color that you designed it at. Oh my God. What a ridiculous
1: situation. We have this building that recently went up, not, too far from our office that as it was going up, you know, they're putting up this copper metal paneling as kind of this design feature that is kind of prevalent throughout this multifamily or um, multi-story apartment condo complex. And, you know, I keep looking at the corner and, and the corners like the, you know, it's it's, it's on a curving road on your way to uh, Fort McHenry. So there's like, you know, all of these visitors driving by and everything else. So this corner is literally like the most prominent thing that not only residents, but also tourists and visitors that are coming into Baltimore at off of that exit to go to Fort McHenry. will see. And so I'm looking at it. I'm like, why are they putting up dented panels? <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, they're they're probably putting they in, run those over before they put them up. Oh, it, it's it's bad. In you're not just talking about oil
0: canning, I assume. No, no,
1: no, no, no. This is they were they were like clearly smashed in. Oh, and they kept it's they the put them up. Cormac. jeez. And then they kept building, and I was just like, they're not going to leave these up. I mean, they're they're <laughs> obviously going to <laughs> these are just and temporarily then, installed. And then you know, a year goes by. And the, the you know the building is long since open, and the the denting on that this, this corner on this very prominent corner is still there. I'm like, okay, you know, obviously there it's just, just you know some shipping problems. They're they're ultimately going CA? to see them. Who did the punch list? What? <laughs> so you go back fast forward two years during COVID, and now I'm going back to the office on occasion, and sure enough it's still there. I'm like, so y'all were just like, all right. Yeah. Wow. Brand new building. Brand new building. Comes with dance. It's like, wow, this is like uh, amazing how they just are like, eh, you get, that's an amazing level of
0: incompetence and it's, and it's solidified for decades onto the side of a building. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You're just like, Wow. wow,
1: I can't believe that they did that. And they just, you know, somebody, on the architects team, probably put it on their punch list. And at the end of the day, it's probably not them, but, you know, probably the, the client, the contractor just like, oh, we'll fix that. You know, big air quotes, we'll fix that. And then just never did. And so now they literally I, I have had this, a library
0: project like that, where that they, they came up, we had the whole punch list and the contractor just walked away without doing any of it and didn't take their last 10%. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that so many times. Too. And it's just like, there are so many problems all over the place and nobody
1: will do anything. They're like, it. it would cost me more to fix the problems Absolutely. on the punch That's list totally what it was. than it would be to just get my 10%. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Labor, materials, like, and, and it was, it was things that they did that were not on the drawings anywhere. It was just like artistic choice to do, to paint, paint this giant mass yellow. And, and there's absolutely nowhere in the documents that it calls out to paint. It, it's like, no, leave it exact. Just the raw material. That's how it was designed. You Now, now what are you going to do? You're going to have to sandblast this whole thing. And guess what? They decided not to, right? wow this 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 truly is an episode of
1: tales from the trenches of of architecture i will say however at a bright side there was another project that i had where i had architecturally exposed structural steel and it was all primary steel which means that it needed to be intimate and painted if it was going to and with it being for the fire rating and be- because it's SS steel it's supposed to there's a level of finish that was you know expected and we've seen and I'm sure you've seen and, and everybody's seen like um intermittently painted uh steel which looks like somebody spread chunky peanut butter all over it
0: right exactly
1: you know? there's a reason they hide that inside of
0: things it, there is very much
1: so but yeah. we had a mock-up and they did the mock-up and it came out beautifully. And then a different crew actually did it. And then the different crew came and the different crew did it. And so it looked horrible. Like you couldn't see any of the transition joints. You couldn't see anything. There was like bolts that were so gooped up that you couldn't tell that they were bolts. They looked like, you know, big pimples and all of this other stuff. And all of this stuff should have been exposed. And, and so as we're going through and they're just like, they tried to like fix it, that particular crew and tried to fix it. And that, then they tried a different crew and try to fix it and they just couldn't fix it and this is you know steel that extends you know 35 feet in the air as well they're just eating their profit time after time after time <laughs> to get it right you know i did have the support of the client because they were like look you know this is the feature is all of this exposed steel it, it you know it, it creates all of these arches and everything else you know it's it's kind of like it is what makes this building. And we were promised this level of detail, you know, this level of finish. And we didn't get that level of finish. We want that level of finish and awesome to the, you know, kudos to the, um to the crew. They listened to me because I said, I, I, I hate to say this, but I think there's only one person who will be able to actually do all of this. And they're like, it's clearly no one in this room well you know it's just like look we've tried and i and i get that we've tried and i was like and there's really only one there's only one trade that i think is going to be able to come in here and fix all of this and they're like okay we're listening i'm like you got to get an auto body you know uh person you got to get a sheet metal artist they got they got an audio a bondo artist exactly they got an auto body guy come out here and they you know it took them a little bit longer to to finish but they finished and surprisingly enough they actually finished on budget they made it right but they and they made it right and it looks great i mean it really does look good and in those are these details these just like simple details of like using you know because this was a university that does collegiate gothic but wanted gothic in a more modern flair And so I was using the structural steel to form the arches and all of this other stuff. And it was like, and it really came out nice, but it was, you know, they, you know, and and they put in the extra mile to actually do it. And so when you walk in there, you look at them like, yeah, that's a detail that I'm proud of because you can actually see the detail. (laughs) You can see the, and it's the feature. And and you're just like, yeah, this is, this, this is good. So I'm glad that you, you ended this, this series of rants with the silver lining story. Because. (laughs) Even though we did say that there, you know, we were talking about all these nightmare stories, there are those stories out there that it actually does end well for you.
0: And, And just to reinforce this, I think, you know, in a different way, when it came to those surface mounted light fixtures and when it came to the wrong metal panel on the building, never heard a word from the client about it. Never a word. So sometimes we're, we're more picky than we need to be as well, but, or,
1: <laughs> or, to, or, to or just, everybody hit it really well, or just completely ruin go ending on a high note. And we had one where the client asked for a value engineered substitute for a product. They got that substitute and that product was substandard and When we had, you know, like through colored, evenly fired terracotta as the primary rain screen system and they wanted to go a different route for cost implications, you get what you pay for sometimes because now every single time we work for that client, they say, as long as you don't do that
0: (laughs) and they're living with that because it is sort
1: of their choice as well as, you know. Like but, you know, we get blamed for it. Sometimes people get uh, a little
0: uh, they want to save the money more than they want to save the the long term effects. Yep. Save money now, pay for it later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See, yep. that's a that's a different conversation altogether. For for another for another show. More tales from the trenches coming up. Right. Thanks to NCARB for their support of this podcast episode. Visit ncarb.org AOP and contribute to the analysis of practice survey today. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's g-a-b-l-m-e-d-i-a.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.